me and my fake Stanley. Welcome back to Casi Adulting El Podcast. I'm your host, Fatima, with our other host, Anais. And we have a very special guest today, Leslie Osorno, one of our friends, a fellow Aerie ambassador. We're so excited to chat with her today. So Leslie, tell us a little bit about yourself so everyone listening can know. Hi, I'm very excited to be a part of a podcast. I've never been a part of a podcast, actually. Like, first guest. So, a little bit about me. I do UGC work on the side, besides my nine to five, and my content is mainly about like style and beauty, and basically just about my life. I'm 30 years old. I'm my I'm a Miami girl, full and full, full and through. And I'm just like super excited to be on this podcast. Yay. Well, we're so excited to have you excited to have another Miami girl so that we can, you know, really like, like reassure what I see and experience in the world in Miami isn't like, you know, crazy and, and can have someone to back me up. But first, this is Gassi Adulting, a Latin-focused podcast. So I would like to know like, how being Latina has impacted your career and your content that you create. So like being Latina, I know every Hispanic could relate that your parents have these certain expectations of you, especially, you know, going to school and having, you know, a big like career. I remember when I started college I wanted to be a psychologist for kids and obviously that's like every parent's dream for your daughter or son to be a doctor or something in the medical field Mm -hmm. and throughout it I just wasn't feeling it anymore like I was going through those like mid-college crisis where you're like where's my life going is this really what I want so towards the end of my semester I shifted and I was like, I wanted to try to take some marketing classes because that's something that I've always been interested in. So I took them as like electives. And then I found like my love in like social media. And I was like, you know what, let me just pivot that. I still graduated with my psychology, with my bachelor's in psychology. And then my mom was kind of like iffy about it. She's like, okay, but like, I don't get it. What are you going to do? Like, you have your degree in psychology, but you're not going to work in psychology. Like, what's the deal? And I'm just like, I don't know, but I'm just going to figure it out. And I was, and during my college time, I was working at Misha's Cupcake. So I was just like a cupcake girl trying to figure it out. And then that's when <laughs> I started. I was like, let me just start on Instagram because that was during the big boom of blogs. Everybody was on WordPress. And I was like, okay, let, let me just do it. I started my first post. I'm like, hey guys, announcing that I'm going to start blogging and whatever and take it from there that was back in 2017 and my mom was still was kind of like again what are you doing and I'm just like I don't know I'm figuring it out like as it goes so long story short fast forward till now that I started working with like brands after that what really pivoted my career was um being on TikTok and obviously the pandemic and you know we had a lot of downtime so with that downtime I took advantage of like just pumping out content as much as I could and now like when I'm getting all these partnerships my mom's still like 
okay, so you're making money now? Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I get it, which it's fine. Like, I feel like parents, they want the best for you and they don't want you kind of going towards like, I guess like um, a path where like there's no success. They don't want you mm-hmm. wasting your time. So I kind of get her old school mentality. And then, and then in the middle of all that, I ended up working for a startup agency as a social media manager. It was hell, terrible, but... <laughs> But it was kind of like it helped me kind of land the the nine to five that I have now, which is at our agency as a business affairs manager. So I feel like everything kind of ended up working out. I had to trust myself and, you know, trust that like whatever I'm doing, you know, it's going to benefit me in the future. I may not see the results right away, but I just have to keep, keep trying and just being consistent and persistent with myself. Then, yeah, this is where we're at now. I love that. So, so much wisdom there. And honestly, like very similar story. Um, yeah. Also have a bachelor's in psychology. Also oh, cool. don't yeah. really use it, I guess. I try to like say like what I do is related, but I'm not in the field anymore but now i mean i think that's super real and like both of us had the same thing where like we were like gonna be a lawyer and a doctor and then we were like uh never mind you know so but i want to talk about your tiktok a little bit because you mentioned it and i feel like you've been growing a lot i love following you and seeing everything that you post and recently i saw you posted something about like you know like tagging other latinas and like uplifting their content which i love and like the latina follower trend that went on on tiktok and all of that so just like obviously that's what we're trying to do here on casi adulting is like latinas supporting latinas but like what does that mean to you and like how do you how have you found like connection with other Latinas online? So with my connection that I've grown over the years, obviously following locals and then a lot of Latinas that I met in the ARI program and throughout like my growth in social media, I feel like it's really important to kind of not gatekeep resources that we all have. And I feel like a lot of times people feel that it's a competition mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not saying tell me everything, but, you know, there has been moments where, like, people have reached out to me and asked me, how did you genuinely um, land this brand deal? And I'm honest with them. Like, they reached out to me. Um, obviously, I don't give them personal details. Like, they reached out to me one, and I'll kind of give them, like, advice. Because most of the time, there was one brand deal that, that I landed that I asked them, how did you guys find me? And they're like, oh, you kept using this specific hashtag. And then coincidentally, somebody reached out to me asking me like, hey, like, how did you reach out to this brand? I go and and I told the same thing, like, look, they reached out to me, but they told me that they found me using this hashtag. So if you want to work with them, you know, try using try using that strategy. So I think it's important to kind of be supportive with each other, again, engaging with each other, but also providing resources and a lot of times we're very like, no, because, you know, I don't want her to steal my partnerships or like, you know, it's it's the scarcity mindset that our community has. Mm-hmm. And we also have to be think that we are really valuable in this market. Like we are we are basically like the biggest market that all brands have. And especially like our age groups, Gen Z and millennials, that we are the biggest consumers ever. So 
the fact that like brands are reaching out to us, um, the fact that like brands reach out to us and they want to work with us, like it, it already says enough that like they are looking at us and they see a value in us. So like I feel like us uniting together, it's going to help us pivot and grow more because if we're just supporting just one person because I've noticed with our community, we only support when they're already big. We don't mm-hmm. support when they're small. I just feel like it's just, it'll be easier to support all of us small so we could all kind of just grow together and take up space. That's what it is at the end of the day. We have to take up space. I love that. A little bit more on TikTok because again, like I've seen you do so well. What advice would you have for someone who wants to grow on TikTok or even just make um, UGC content? And can you talk a little bit about what UGC content is for those who may not know? Mm -hmm. So basically, UGC content is user-generated content. So brands are looking for more authentic feel with their content, and they're looking for more organic content. They don't want kind of like, you know, the full production and like all polished content. So I think what what brands are trying to leverage now is they want to work with people who generally use their use their products and generally like their products and use those voices to kind of drive sales to those products so i feel like anybody could could do ugc because we're all consumers of products and we all generally have love for certain products that we use every day so like i i think on my ugc platform i always say like you don't need to buy products to start ugc you literally just look around your house and see what products you use every day. And then just from there, just start talking about the products. So I feel like I was leveraging that already being a content creator. And honestly, like this year, I kind of cut back on my purchases because, you know, finances and stuff like that. So I personally couldn't go out and buy all the new products that was being promoted to me. But I was like, you know what, let me just promote or tell my followers the products that I already use and kind of showcase it in a way that a brand will like it. And then, you know, probably use me for, you know, for future UGC work. So I feel like it's definitely a good opportunity for anybody to start UGC. At the end of the day, we're all consuming these products. So we all have our voices and our opinions about these products matter to these brands. And they're going to want to use our voices to kind of leverage that and and obviously drive sales and drive brand awareness. Awesome. Okay. Am I making this up or are you also Central American? No. Yeah, I am Central American. Okay. I'm from <laughs> Nicaragua. <laughs> Love it. Rep, rep. I'm from El Salvador. Oh my God. We're neighbors. Yeah, we are. Rep. Okay. Amazing. I'm glad that I was right. <laughs> um. Because I feel like we've, we talked about this, Anais and I talked about this, and like, I have like sort of two questions because one, I feel like online Central Americans are really underrepresented, Mm -hmm. um, or just like as like overall the Latino community, I feel like we aren't represented very much. So I feel like anytime I see like any Central American, I get like so excited and I'm like, yes, you know, so just like on that as well, but also kind of interesting, like you being Central American growing up in Miami and like Anais and I have talked about, you know, like 
Cuban folks being like the majority there? And like, how did you navigate not being Cuban or like finding yourself within that too? So two questions, answer whichever one you want. Okay, wait, what was the first one? Sorry. Just like Central American representation online and just like how you push for that or like, you know, what it means to you to see other like Central Americans out there. So I feel like for Central American girlies, this year was a big win for us with Miss Universe being Nicaraguan. Yeah. Like, we've never had a crown ever. And like, growing up, it was always like the Colombians, the Venezuelans, mm-hmm. the Brazilians, like it was always, and the Mexicans, like it's always the media, I would say media and like society kind of like, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know if it, fetish would be the right word, but like fetish fetishizing or like kind of stereotyping that like if you're not Mexican or Colombian or like Venezuelan then like where are you from and it's like there's other parts of South America Central America that like are Latinas like it's not just these three and obviously it's the media trying to kind of push you know whatever nationality that they want to push at the moment but I feel like with like growing up I kind of just like um, I had a lot of friends that are like Cuban, obviously being a Miami girl, like you can't help it. You're all like, everybody around you is Cuban. My boyfriend's Cuban. So like, it's like, they're everywhere here. I've always loved like my heritage and like where I came from, because I just kind of like the whole, like when people say like, Oh my god, I love Nicaraguan food. I would say I get prideful about that. I'm just like, okay, like, yeah, we have the best food. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, but I just feel like a part of that at first was kind of like, you know, why can't, why, why don't I see a lot of like Nicaraguan girls around me or like, you know, why, why don't I see it in the media? Like, what about our country or whatever? So my mom took the time to take me every summer to Nicaragua. Like I was there the beginning of June and then we would come back two weeks before school started. And then it was just like that every summer. So I felt like I was kind of like half, even though I was born in the USA, but I was just like trying, I was so indulged in the culture that when I would come back and I'll just be like, um, hello, like, <laughs> where are the Nikas at? But I just feel like growing up when you start to connect yourself with other fellow Central Americans and they have the same story, you know, with on from their own um place, you kind of relate to each other. And I feel like Central Americans specifically are more united in that front because i feel like with when i talk to salvadorans or hondureñas too like they're very like some super super pana mm-hmm. like especially with like nicaragüenses too because we're right there so like i feel like we all kind of just like get together and kind of like bond over that but i don't know i just feel like now that like i'm older i'm kind of just like you know it it is what it is i feel like media wise they've gotten a lot better with representing a lot of the countries i love connecting with fellow like central american girls because i feel like we all kind of have the same we have the same kind of foods and the lingos and kind of like saying so i feel like we're all kind of like cousins at the same time but yeah what was the second question wait are you saying that I'm you answered it you are our prima girl oh, wait like, i'm the majority I've never been the majority of anything. And I used to be Cuban, right? Yeah, I'm Cuban-Puerto Rican. Yeah, that was... 
You're the majority. But you're still, like- you're still prima of us, though. You're still prima. Well, we still accept you, girl. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I think growing up in Miami, it wasn't until I went to, like, a district high school where there was people from all over that then that's when you get to see, like, where everyone is. Or, like, you see a lot of different um, people from different countries, like Honduras, Nicaragua, yeah. like, a couple, not many El Salvador, sorry. I think, actually, my cousin's married to an El Salvadorian girl, actually. I have to get you ba- back on that. That's the thing, too, because I'm very... So I've never lived anybody, anywhere else except Miami. So I'm very mm-hmm. in my Miami bubble. And, and also I you live in Hialeah, right? And I live in Hialeah, so yeah. it's, like, Cuba City. So being raised in Cuba City, you do I have a little Cuban in me. Like with the yeah. food and even when I say things, it sounds very Cubanish. Mm-hmm. And like my mom ended up marrying uh my a Cuban too. Like my dad's my stepdad is Cuban. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's just all over us. But like I honestly the one thing I do love about being in my Miami bubble is that you do you appreciate the the Latin community and you mm-hmm. You see, because the thing is with our community, I feel like every country has their own problems. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you are exposed to, you know, different types of people, you're aware of like the problems that each country has. Obviously, specifically Cuban people, they've been oppressed for a long time. So you kind of sympathize with them because living in a community that's filled with them you kind of feel like I don't know like you feel like you're part of them or like you feel like you have more like more sympathy towards them mm-hmm. and like more and, and the same thing with like Venezuelans and even other like and other countries that have been oppressed like you you kind of do right for them because you're like yeah like I I grew up with these people in the states and I've heard stories and I see their families come here and like I've heard like stuff that's happened to them and like you kind of bond over that Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a big thing here in Miami. Like we really do ride for each other like that. Like nobody can mess with us, Miami, mm-hmm. because it's like it's it's a very special feeling, especially when you leave and you come back, or like you leave and you connect with people on the internet. There's a language. There's it's like not even just like I don't know how to I don't know maybe Leslie you can just like explain it more. But there's definitely this sense of like not only do you have pride for the country that you're from, but you're you have pride for this community that people have put together and built that like there are a lot of people here that you cannot track you know generations down right like a lot of people are first and second generation so it's like its own new society in a way whether you go to like i when i lived in chicago and like my friends who were you know white and we're from like ireland and you know they can track their their ancestry like years and years and years but you track my my genetics and like like other people and it's like you know you get cuba and then they're from spain and they're from africa and they really like like we've created like a a society within a society in a way what was your podcast about well it's about me going through therapy (laughs) it's called only self but i've been doing kind of like one episode a month i've been trying the last episode i did was like in october but i think i'm gonna do one like end of the year but it's more like kind of like i treat them like voice notes like mm-hmm. this is what we're gonna talk about and this is where i'm at um i keep them very short kind of like 15 20 minutes ish but it's more like a personal diary that's but, really cool i like it it's very like therapeutic oh. everyone go listen if you're yes, listening myself we'll link it Don't in the show so notes <laughs> 
That's what we That's say. Well, That's what we say about Miami Lakes. Miami Lakes is Miami Lakes con Corbata. It's Hialeah okay. con Corbata. I used to live in Miami Lakes like long, like when I was a kid. Um, good times, good times. I love Miami Lakes. I'm always there all the time. That's my like little area where I hang out and like at, the, like, uh, at the mall. Yeah, I feel like a like an almond mom or like a rich mom. It's like <laughs> that's like a whole other world. It really is. Like, just, like the best way I could describe it, like is if you're in like like if you're in Santa Cruz, if if I lived in Santa Cruz and she lived in like San Jose. Okay. It's like a different like it feels different like mm-hmm. yeah. No, yeah, like in terms of like class, yeah. It's like the, yeah. the, there's a there's a dividing class. Not too much. I feel like the middle class now is starting to look like the first class. The it really depends on the area and how they upkeep it. Cuz where I live is more middle class, but there's a difference. Like we have a bridge dividing us. Like that already says enough. <laughs> if there's like a bridge dividing you, then it's yeah. like you're over here and we're over here. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I want to go back to your podcast because you mentioned like you going through therapy and episode something we have is called Gassy and Therapy, and it's about mm-hmm. actually it's two parts right that's how much we had to talk about it (laughs) so it was just kind of about like both of us going through um you know our experiences with our mental health and like starting therapy and also the stigma in the community around therapy and all of that so can you talk a little bit about that like from your experience so I started therapy back in 2020 I actually I honestly went just to see like I was curious about it I didn't realize what I was kind of, I think subconsciously I was seeking help, but I didn't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. So luckily, I don't even know. Like, it was just like, she was meant for me. Like, I Googled nearest therapist. <laughs> and for some reason, my my computer had the location of my work area. And it kept, it, and then it just searched auto from that area. And then I found my lady now. And I was like, oh, I literally saw her picture of her. And I was like, oh, wow, she looks really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she looks friendly. So then the minute I first talked to her, I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm never leaving your side. (laughs) So three years later, I'm still with her. It was at first my mom was kind of like, why are you going to that? And I'm just like, because like, I literally try to talk to you and like parents mean well, but they just don't understand. And they're not very, like, sensitive to your feelings. It's just being Hispanic. Like, they just tell you to get over it and Mm -hmm. move on. So I kind of told her, like, I just want to talk to her about some things where I was at. At the moment, I wasn't really in a good place. Obviously, everybody was going through stuff 2020. But I think after, like, two months with her, like, I felt like a different person. Like, it was kind of like a weird, like, realization of life when you realize, like, oh, shit. Like, this is this is happening. Obviously, being Hispanic, you repress everything. So the minute you open Pandora's box, you're just like <laughs> yeah. filling your guts. At, like it's just it just comes out. <laughs> so then, spilling Pandora's box, I've just went into a lot of things. Like I think the my first six month session with her, I walked away from like my relationship at the time, and it was something that needed to happen. I was just so codependent. And afterwards, I was like, oh, my God, like, I just did something that I never thought I would do. 
like okay like i'm up for the next challenge and then the next year it was more like kind of like generational trauma you know dealing with like um stuff that i dealt with in my childhood a lot of like inner child work and stuff like that mm-hmm. and like i don't know like i feel like nobody talks about therapy like this but like you literally feel you see yourself changing and there's a lot of like i guess like um you kind of think of to yourself like even three months ago like you never thought that you would think the way you would think just three months that how you how you think right now like is everything all the perspective and all the tools that has been given to me for start starting therapy like has kind of molded me into becoming the person that i am now and even then i think another thing being hispanic when you're doing the work you have to kind of you have to admit that like your parents are not doing the work but they're they're not doing the work but it sucks that they're never going to do the work so you Mm kind of have to teach them but sometimes teaching them it's not going to get to them so it's kind of just accepting that they are who they are and that's i think that's the hardest one when you have to accept people with how they are and then just kind of learn how to deal with them. I think that's the main thing for me. Because this year, I had to deal with a lot of difficult people. Mm-hmm. And I'm the type that I'm like, if you're difficult, I'm going to cut you off. But sometimes you just can't cut people off because they're just in your family or like they're your boss or like a coworker, And you just have to kind of deal with them in your own way. Like you're whatever, whatever's going to help you sleep at night. Damn, I needed to hear that. Oof. So, <laughs> oh, that, that, that's my 2023 lesson for me oh, God, like, that's my 2024 rough. lesson i can already feel it yeah no that's so real though like what you're saying about parents and i feel like i think about it when i'm doing inner child work and i'm like you're never gonna do that you're never gonna heal the child version of you that like you're now a parent but you're still carrying that with you you know mm-hmm. so i feel like it's hard and you like try to have conversations but then you're also like i don't know how to like say this to you and like you know yeah. it's hard yeah and is your therapist latina yes okay. so the main the main thing that i love about my therapist is that she's hispanic mm-hmm. she's also in the age range of like i don't know her age because obviously hipaa and whatever but I'm assuming she's probably like in her mid 30s, hitting 40. She's young, which I love. And like, re- like you could relate. And I feel like I've had friends who have therapists who are a lot older and they just don't relate to like our generation or they don't understand certain things. So with her, I just feel like every time I talk to her, I'm just like, girl, tengo un chisme. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh my God, tell me. Like, we're just like catching up. Like, if it's like I'm spilling all the tea with her. And it's so funny because I always laugh with her because I'm like, something always happens after our therapy sessions. And I have to wait mm-hmm. like, to see you. And I'm here dying to tell you. Obviously, can't text her or whatever. But she's like, oh, my God, no. Like, I first started with her, seeing her twice a month. And then things started to get better with me. So I just went for, like, once a month. It depends. But I like with her that I could kind of, like, shift that around. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, if I want to see her more time, she's open to it. So I think that's the best thing you could ever do is just find a therapist who's, like, open for you in that sense. And honestly, someone who you could relate to. And I think the main thing is, like, I feel like 
you should want you should want to be friends with your therapist because you're telling them yeah. like everything and like why would you tell someone you wouldn't be friends with everything like the, there has to be a trust there yeah that's how i feel with mine i'm like i love her every time i'm like girl and she's like girl and we're just like shooting the shit obviously it's like a little bit like for me it's a little bit hard because i feel like i'm like saying everything and then obviously like they don't like tell you anything back about themselves and i'm such a like i want to know like what's happening in your life so i feel like she's been giving me like crumbs just to be like i know like you need this so like i'll tell you something about myself you know but like and even the fact that like she can like break out into spanish like we'll be talking and then she'll like you know say something in spanish and then like i'll talk in spanish for a little bit and then we'll like go back to english like i don't know i just feel like for me it's like it's been so healing to have someone who understands like my whole identity and like can relate to it in some ways you know she's also young latina you know like so when we talk i'm like you get it and i feel like that's like really special especially with therapists I feel like too, sometimes the people we need to talk or the people that we connect with therapists are the people who we most need to talk to in our life. Like my first therapist was a a guy and I like really did well with that because I didn't have, I mean, there's like good male figures in my life, but not, I just needed somebody that like in my everyday life is not necessarily just like her or just like them like my second therapist was more like the mom figure in me like opening up as if she was like a young mom like was really helpful so it sounds like you both have that like person that you might not have in your everyday life that it's good to have in therapy because again it's like you can't it it just helps you kind of get through that person without talking to them Mm mm-hmm I'm sorry. I'm going to be weird, but like you are so gorgeous. It's like actually crazy. Like I'm looking at you on the screen and I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, but you look, Alex, you look Earl Light. Uh, Alex Earl Light. Alex Earl Oh my no, God. No, but you are as beautiful in person. So, oh my God. Wow. Because are sweet. Sorry. I can't believe. Okay. So, fun fact for everyone listening um we've all like followed each other and we fatima were like okay these are the people we want to get on the podcast like leslie like kind of like you know get comfortable with our community and then going out and literally like probably a day after or two days before i see leslie at the hard rock cafe yeah hard rock <laughs> hotel and i'm like i know her and yeah, I- she texted me and i was like no way <laughs> asked you because i was like with my boyfriend and his brother and i was like like no and then um i was like fatima was like go say hi and i was like okay and now every time you come up on my phone my boyfriend was like is that the girl from the hard rock and i'm like oh my god i'm the girl from the hard rock (laughs) no but the fact that like he like remembers is like the thing is that like i never i think that's the second time i go to the hard rock because i went for our friend's birthday we went to eat at the korean barbecue place it's really good you guys should go and then i was like i'm never here like it's it's like the stars were aligning because we were we were we had left and then the guys wanted to go to like that cigar bar thing that was like we were just standing there figuring out where we're gonna go and then like and i used like passes by i don't see her like she sees me first so she comes up to me and like she looks at me and i was like i was tripping out because i was like i'm like wait wasn't i just talking to you like what yeah it's and it's weird too because i my boyfriend's brother lives in jersey and he was just there for like a couple days and they love playing poker and gambling Mm -hmm. so it was like 
and it was Shabbos. So usually like after Shabbos, like him and I just go back to my house and, you know, like hang out. Um, but his brother was in town. So he went to the hard rock. And I think that day my dad was also there. We had, we were meeting up with my dad because his friend was at a competition. So it was, it was, it was funny. It was just like meant to be. And now all the time. I know and now we're gonna for sure. We Fatima's gonna move to Miami. <laughs> Fatima, where are you? You're in um San Francisco. San Francisco. That's that's one of my places where I want to go. I went Hi. to LA, like 2019 before the pandemic, mm-hmm. and I wasn't a big fan. To be LA's honest. trash. I hate LA. Sorry. It reminded me of Miami, but just with hills. That's mm. kind of like reminding me a little it's bit it's huge it's really big yeah. yeah i haven't been to miami since i was like 10 so like i should go back at some point really? but if you do yeah. come to sf hit me up let's I meet will. up i'll it's show you around i want to go i want to do like um for my 31st i well i wanted to do it for my 30th but like we just ended up doing something small to do really, to did you have like a big party that was for my 29th i'm okay. so like I'm so, what is it? I don't make sense. Like, I do something big for my 29th, and then for my 30th, I just, like, lay low. Like, <laughs> make it make sense. But for my 31st, I want I wanted to go to the vineyards to do Oh, no. That's what I did for my birthday this past year. Oh, my fun. God. Yeah. Well, it was fun, but, like, I was dumb, and we went to the club the night before. So I was, like, sure. deathly yeah. hungover. And, like, they would bring the wine, and I'd be like, like no don't but no it's really pretty no yeah i want to do like a think i think four days would be good like a four yeah. day when's your birthday may 6th i'm a may baby i think around that time would be nice is, what is that taurus. Mm, taurus okay okay i'm a little, I'm a little slow slow bull <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we're getting closer to the end. Um, I don't know if you have any burning questions on Ace, but... In that, I love that you've always been so open about living at home. And if you can talk a little bit about that, too, and advice for anybody. I mean, we both live at home now, but we've gone kind of like in and out of home. And I think it's something before people were like ashamed of. But also, it's a very big Miami thing of like, you don't move out until you get married. So mm-hmm. if you want to sprinkle in some knowledge about that, too. So I'm still at home. I'm 30. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I think I think having supportive parents who are very like, just stay at home as much as you can. And honestly, use it as your advantage. Like there's no rush to move out. You have your entire life to live on your own. And financially speaking, I feel like that's the smartest thing you could ever do. If you have the, opportunity, sure. if you have the opportunity to stay at home, save money, you know, if you need to build your credit, or even like, you know, you could do so much being at home because it gives you the opportunity to explore what you really want to do in life. And I feel like when you're young, there's so much time. You feel like you have a lot of time, but you really don't. Time passes by super quick. So taking advantage of like trying out so many different things and seeing what you like. Because in high school, you're not going to know what you want to do. And in college, you have a lot of opportunities if you decide to go to college. And if you don't, then whatever life, you know, whatever, whatever journey you take through life, you can kind of decide what you want to do. But I don't think there's a shame of living at home. I feel like my parents are older. They're in their 60s and 70s. 
So I'm kind of like cherishing this moment now mm-hmm. that I live with them, especially being Hispanic, like we're very family orientated. So yes, they could get annoying and they could get very loud. But mm-hmm. I feel like once you move out, it's gonna, you're gonna feel something because right now I'm moving out next year. And I'm already feeling a little bit sad that I'm leaving them, even though we're going to live like five minutes away from each other. But it's just the routine of seeing them every day and being around them every day. And like those little moments, like my mom and I have our own little routine where we like when we like drink tea at night and we just gossip about about the day before we go to sleep. So it's those little stuff that like that, that you kind of have to just cherish. But there's no shame in living at home. Like, don't don't let the internet tell you otherwise. Period. Just general advice for the girlies. So general general advice. Honestly, the imposter syndrome is going to hit. Even people that are successful have imposter syndrome. I feel like don't doubt yourself. You have the knowledge and you know what you know. And there are going to be people in life that you're going to run into that are going to make you second guess what you know because you're young and they think that you don't know anything. But I, but I feel like when you kind of have that self-confidence, you have to kind of just keep pushing and, and know you have to kind of keep pushing, especially like being Latina and being a woman too. You have to kind of prove yourself a little bit harder in those spaces. Another thing is kind of, also like use your time like use any free time that you have to do something that you want to do so besides your nine to five try to find something else that you know if you want to create content or if you want to start a hobby or something that's not related to your nine to five because I feel like just having just work and nothing else I don't know it sounds like it just it won't you're not going to be happy with yourself and you want to do something that's going to benefit yourself at the end of the day because the 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 rough reality is like these nine to fives they're not holding out as much as they did before at our parents time Mm -hmm. and obviously like going to therapy there's no shame in that even talking to like a friend a trusted friend or somebody with about your problems could could solve some some issues but I feel like I have like a podcast episode about how your friends are not your therapist. Mm-hmm. So if you do have like, you know, underlying, you know, things that you want to resolve, I highly do recommend a therapist. And they could be like, you don't need to have any like mental disorder or like mental issues or something like that. You could just talk about them, t- talk to them about like any everyday problems and they could be there for you. And just like, it's mainly more the confident thing. Like you have to just know your shit and own it and be open to taking accountability when you don't know something. Instead of, I've learned that instead of saying, oh, I don't know, you always say, I'm gonna, I don't just say, I'm gonna find out. And like always have the curiosity of trying to find out more information and like gain as much knowledge as you can from like anybody. I love that. Okay. On that note, where can people follow you, support you, keep track of what you're doing? Let the people know. Okay. So you can follow me on TikTok, Leslie Osorno, as well as on Instagram, Leslie.Osorno. I'm also on YouTube with the same name, Leslie Osorno. 
And I'm on Spotify with my podcast, Only Self Podcast. But everything is linked on the bio. So anything that you guys need, I'm there. Yay! Thank you so much for being the first guest of 2024. I'm super excited. This was amazing. And everything you said, 10 out of 10. We love. I was nervous. <laughs> but you did great. And you can find us at Gassi Adulting on Instagram, anywhere you listen to podcasts, and just follow us on Instagram. I think that's Rate it. Rate and right? review because and it means a lot to us. Um, share. Share with share with another Latina today. Of course. Okay. We'll see you next week. Bye.